Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, thank you so much for joining me today. This is a bit more of a riff. I've received multiple questions, not really even questions, but I've had some conversations on this topic recently. Nobody came up to me and, well, nobody's coming up to me anyways and asking me questions because that would be weird because then they would be in my house, in my office. (laughs) But nobody emailed me or sent in a voice message specifically asking me to talk about this, but because I've had quite a few conversations on the topic recently, I thought that it might be interesting to share with you. I hope it is interesting. I'm being very mysterious about the topic. (laughs) Okay, gotta have some fun sometimes, right? So the topic that we are talking about today, so it's impact, research impact, but in a slightly different way. In the past, and usually, we talk about research impact on things like product metrics or time on task, task success, kind of benchmarking, or business metrics like the pirate metrics of retention, acquisition, revenue, referral, activation. But We don't talk as much about the internal impact that research can have on an organization and teams or people within that organization, right? So normally we look at it when we talk about research impact with teams, I often recommend understanding, hey, okay, we look at a product team and we say, Let's understand your OKRs. Let's understand your goals. What are you trying to achieve in terms of success metrics, right? Are you trying to decrease customer acquisition cost? Are you trying to increase customer lifetime value? Those types of bigger metrics are the metrics we tend to look at when we think about team metrics. We also might look at things like product metrics, click-through rates, bounce rates, um, drop-off rates, session length, download rate, lots of rates. So we might look at those types of metrics as well. Those are the really common ones that, that we can try and impact or try and help impact because we're all doing this as a team, right? Nobody's single-handedly doing anything. So the things that we can try to help impact as user researchers. That's typically where our focus goes. I would also say that there are things that we can do in terms of impacting internal processes, right? Specifically research processes. So things that I always look at are how much time does it take to recruit participants? Can we decrease that? How much time does it take from when somebody submits a research request to either when we start research or when we finish research? How can we decrease that amount of time? How satisfied are stakeholders with the process, with insights, with whatever? And how can we increase that satisfaction metric? So we can look at 
internal processes too, especially research processes because we have the most control over those. So that's another angle that we can look at. But something that I feel like isn't spoken about a lot are things like how can we impact, positively impact our colleagues separate from research processes or product metrics or business metrics or OKRs, right? So how can user research help our colleagues in slightly different ways? So that's what I wanted to talk about today because I feel like as user researchers, we always struggle for understanding our impact. And that's because user research is not a tangible thing. Oftentimes it's it's a collaborative exercise. It's a, it's a support system. We help support people make better decisions. We don't make those decisions, right? We, we can't say yes, no to certain ideas. We can help make sure that we're going in the right direction, right? We can help ensure that we're creating something that actually helps people achieve their goals, alleviates pain points, gets them closer to whatever they need, fulfills unmet needs. We can help with that, but we can't tangibly, it's very hard to tangibly track user research impact. And we talk a lot about this in my membership, one of my templates that I actually created, I think it was two months ago, I want to say, one or two months ago, is an impact tracker. So we went through all of the different ways that you can track impact at your organization. And we also had a really cool talk about this where we talked about how impact is not only in your insights, it's across your entire process. So as I was talking about, can you find ways to reduce the recruitment time? Can you find ways to increase stakeholder satisfaction with your process, with your insights, right? So impact can be across several different levels. And we talk a lot about that in within the membership. So if you're if you're interested in diving deeper into that, please please come and join us. We we definitely do a lot of that. We actually have a working session uh, on case studies and resumes. It's a two hour working session where I'm gonna be hanging out as a hiring manager, and everybody can sit down and work on their case studies and resumes and shout at me when they have questions or problems that they run into. So super excited. But anyways, I digress. Let's get back to this other kind of impact that we don't really talk about. And I'm going to list some examples and go a little bit into depth in each of the examples that I give. And I would love to hear any thoughts that you all have on this and how you've utilized these in the past, or maybe you haven't utilized these in the past, but you're going to and what you think. Because again, it's very hard to kind of understand impact as a user researcher. So the first impact point that I think that we don't talk enough about is decreasing design time. So decreasing the time it takes for a designer to design something because what we can uncover as user researchers is users' needs, their pain points, and then we can give these to the designer and either by just giving them to the designer or even holding some sort of activation workshop where we do how might we's and we go into ideation sessions, we can decrease the amount of time that it takes because 
ideally what's happening is the designer doesn't have to go through so many different ideas or different paths or different possibilities because we're equipping them with knowledge that helps them create something that is aligned with our users' mental models. And that also means ideally less iteration on that design because from the get-go, we're using this information to create something that alleviates pain points and helps people achieve their, their needs and their goals, right? So it could potentially decrease the design time. So decrease the time that it takes for a designer to create something, right? And then potentially, we always talk about doing more research, but then potentially less testing like usability testing because we started out from the get-go with this information. So something that might be interesting for you is, and this is something that I've done with my designers, is we've timed how much time it takes to from from research to design to actually shipping something. And then we've tried to decrease that over time by either creating upfront insights, so making sure that you're doing user research upfront rather than after things are done, right? And seeing how we can speed up that that particular time. As well, we can decrease development time or decrease development rework, right? So if we start with the design being accurate and actually addressing people's problems and needs, then when that goes into dev, and hopefully we've usability tested this so we understand that the flow works, that it aligns with people's mental models on how the experience goes. We've made sure to do things like QA, of course, but also maybe looked at heuristic evaluations to make, make sure that there aren't any glaring, obvious mistakes in our design and in our flow. So through that, we could decrease development time because what we're shipping, first off, is what somebody needs. And second, it is up to up to standard when it comes to the flow and the use through usability testing or heuristic evaluation, right? So for me, I think that those two are actually really cool and something that you could do. And this is a calculation that I have actually done. So I've worked with both designers and devs to create this calculation is you look at the amount of time saved times the employee cost. So how much somebody costs on an hour hourly basis, and you can do an estimate on this, times the number of employees that are working on that particular project. So let's say that through user research, we save people one hour a week. And let's then say that that's $30 an hour. And let's say that there are 100 people, I don't think that there would be 100 people working on on this particular project, but let's just say that for a very easy way for me to do math, right? That is what, 3,000 a week that we are saving, right? I think if I did the math correctly, please correct me if I didn't. But so that's a way to look at 
the amount of time that you're saving, and this is why it's important to track these things. So the amount of time that you're saving, the amount of time that people cost per hour, and then the number of employees that you're saving time for. And then you actually have this concrete number of, of, of amount of money that you've saved, right? By decreasing the design time, decreasing all of the question marks, right? You could also look at it by the number of errors that are coming up, the average time that it takes to fix those errors, the times the employee cost times the number of employees. So let's say we have, on average, we have two errors coming up per week that devs have to fix. And let's say it costs about, or it takes about 60 minutes, right? And then the employee employee cost is $30 an hour. So one hour, and so 30, each, each, each takes one hour, each is uh, $30 an hour times 10 employees. That's a lot of money <laughs> that you save that I can't do in my head. <laughs> and so what I would encourage you to do is look at and talk to your devs, like how many errors are coming up that you're trying to go back and fix? What's the average amount of time that it takes, right? And how many people is this impacting? Because what I'm trying to get us at is this kind of concrete number, which people care about. That's what they care about. They care about numbers, (laughs) right? So I think that that could be a really interesting way to go in to show that impact and decreasing design time and decreasing dev time or decreasing rework dev time, right? And so those are two interesting ways. You could also look at decreasing customer support tickets, right? So if your team is having to work more hours for all the customer support tickets coming up, right? Can you go through those support tickets, find those top pain points, put them in the roadmap and start to alleviate them so you're actually decreasing any overtime that might be coming up or that the company might be having to pay for, right, in terms of cost saving. So you're decreasing that those customer support tickets. You're also helping customer support people because I, I, I've worked with customer support. I haven't been a customer support agent or on the customer support team, but I've worked with them and I've done a lot of shadowing because I think that it's fascinating. Customer support is, you know, on the front lines of our customers. And so I've done a lot of shadowing or sitting with them and it gets really frustrating for customer support. At least this is what I have found and seen and heard and talked about in the times that I've worked with them to see the same tickets coming up over and over again, right? And either you have this canned response or you're just kind of like, ah, why can't somebody fix this, right? So by looking at that, you could decrease the customer support tickets. You could also give them the opportunity to work on other things that are really, really important, such as, I don't know, help documentation, right? Or whatever else, whatever other goals that they have by decreasing some of these top pain points, you can save the company money, but you can also enable the team to do so much more and optimize their customer support in a way that they couldn't if they're getting inundated with the same tickets over and over again, right? Another one is to speed up decision-making. So we have, we can get stuck in ruts of, is this the right thing to do or this, or what about this or that, or the other thing, right? In user research, 
ideally, hopefully helps us take away these questions of what do we do now, right? So we have these pain points, we have these unmet needs, and we can use those to focus in on for our projects, right? So our decision-making on what we should focus on next or what should we prioritize can be helped with user research. So instead of going around in circles, right, we can speed up that decision-making by giving a prioritized list of pain points to our product managers and helping them come up with solutions to those pain points, right? So that's, again, going back to that like time saved equation, the time saved times employee cost times number of employees. So how much time do we save in this decision-making process or in the whole PDP, product development process, where can user research help save time in the different stages and how much time can it save? And of course, again, these aren't things that you might know off the top of your head. So you might not be able to do these calculations. You might say, I don't know how much time is saved, but this is where you start to track it, right? You start to understand what is the baseline, what's happening now, and how can we speed that up even more to save time, to save cost, right? And when I say speed up, I'm not meaning to do low quality research. I'm not meaning that we need to lean out all of our research, right? I'm just saying where are some ways where we can optimize the process or maybe get research in sooner so that we can speed up the decision making, right? Another thing that actually comes up that I have found very interesting is there's an increase in team motivation. Now, this is a little bit more difficult to actually tangibly track, right? So how do we define motivation? What does that look like? But what I have found is I've worked on teams that have done things as suggested by the shower gods, (laughs) And what I mean by that is somebody had an idea in the shower and said, we must do this without any real thought about if that is actually a helpful idea for users, alleviates a pain point, meets a need, any of those things, right? So then we create something and people either hate it, they don't use it. That's really demotivating for teams. Like imagine... So I'm not a designer, I'm not a dev, but I've worked with them extensively as well as PMs. I've worked with them extensively and we have created crappy things in the past. And whenever we've done retrospectives or kind of talked through it either over lunch or over a beer, it's kind of like you look at these things and you're like, oh, we spent all this time on this and one person is using it or nobody's using it or everybody's complaining about it or this or that, right? We never really set out to create things that people hate or don't use. Ideally, we're creating things of value, right? Everybody wants to create things of value. And that's why this all comes back to we are all here to build better products for our organization, for our teams, so for our organization to make money, for our teams to achieve their goals, and for users to be happy, right? So it really sucks when you spend so much time creating something and nobody uses it or people complain. So I have found that by utilizing user research in a way that really highlights these pain points, when we start to alleviate those things, we see 
and creating features, products, whatever it is that alleviate those pain points and we start to see satisfaction increasing in our customer base, that is huge for team motivation because then the team's like, what's next? What ne- what's next? What's next? What's next? You know, very excited because they're creating valuable things. So I think that that could be a very interesting thing to track in terms of motivation. And whenever I've looked into tracking team motivation, I've worked with HR in creating ways to actually track that information. Similarly to team motivation, and the last one that I want to talk about is an increase in productivity. So people know the direction that they're meant to go in and they are more motivated. So there is a higher degree of productivity right? And so this can come through in different ways. This can come through like in the process. So the process is super clear. So people are more productive because they know what's meant to be happening, why it's meant to be happening and what steps they need to go through. So they don't get blocked as often. Then there's clarity in the direction. So we're utilizing insights. So people aren't guessing as much. We're not making as many assumptions. We're not getting stuck in hamster wheels of questions of what we should do and what that looks like, right? And so productivity goes up because there's just general clarity around the situation. So something that you could focus in on here and something that I have focused in in terms of productivity is I've done I've done like survey-based information when it comes to productivity. So measuring productivity through surveys over time and but what i've done to try and impact this again is looking at that process so where can user research be a part of the product development process and make decisions easier for people thereby giving clarity and speeding up that productivity right and a lot of these things still come into that like time saved times employee cost times number of employees looking at that like cost saving of speeding up decision making and just making things more efficient so those are the different metrics that i have for you today and the associated um the associated formulas that i've done a crappy job of doing math with because I just am not good at math. This is why I write and talk and don't do math. But I hope that those give you some different ideas on maybe how you could track impact in a in a more team-focused or colleague-focused way in addition to the different ways that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Because I just think that it is It's just a different, interesting way to think about how user research can help your team members. Because again, when when it comes down to it, user research is a support system. Yes, we're here to mitigate risk and we are here to help the business make sure that they are including users in their decision-making process so that they can create revenue and our teams can get better results against their OKRs or goals you know, and that is, we are here as that support system. So being able to support things like making processes more efficient, making decision-making more streamlined and more obvious to people are certainly things that we should be tracking in terms of our impact as researchers. And especially if we can start to put some dollar signs or euro signs or pound signs or whatever signs, money signs in front of these numbers, that's when it becomes much more apparent to 
management or to exec teams or really to anybody how much time we can, time and money we can help save across the organization with our insights. So I do highly encourage you to think about tracking these these different metrics. So how long it takes for a designer to design. And of course, there are going to be plenty of confounding variables like how big the design is and how complex the design is. So keep those in mind, but try and get a baseline of how long it takes for a designer to design, especially if if it's if there are design projects going on without research. That's when this gets really interesting versus when we start to input research in this, like decreasing that time on design and time on dev or re, rework for devs. So yeah, I just think that that, that could be uh, very, very, very interesting for you to look at. Anyways, I hope that this was a helpful and insightful episode. I thought it was going to actually be a lot shorter than where we are right now, which is almost at our 30 minutes. But yeah, please let me know if you have any questions, have any thoughts on this, and be sure to check out the membership if you want to have more conversations like this because we are having some really cool ones. We actually just also had to talk about research strategy and how to even get started on that very mysterious topic. So definitely check it out and give me a shout if you have any questions, of course, about that. But I am excited for the next questions that are coming in. Don't forget to submit. And I so look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye. Thank you.